Here is the organ. Here is the organist. There is really no cause for astonishment. I did not mean to. And you, monsieur, whom do I have the honour of addressing? Barat. Barat? I am the engineer. Ah, you have come to mend the organ. Mend it? It limps, musically speaking. I do what I can, but... I regret, monsieur, I do not know organs. Uh, No? And yet it is the only machine we have. I would suggest that you have come to the wrong place, except that I see you have a key in your hand. The bishop has sent you? The bishop? Uh, No. Uh, Then, in a quiet voice, and after a moment of hesitation, Jean-Baptiste speaks the minister's name. So they have something in mind for us at last, says the organist. I am here to make a shh. High above them, on the narrow gangway of the triforium, a noise of shuffling feet. The organist draws Jean-Baptiste to the shelter of a pillar. They wait. After a minute, the sound fades. Père Colbert, whispers the organist, unlikely to look kindly on an engineer sent by the minister, unlikely really to look kindly on anyone. A priest? Old, but strong as an ox. A missionary in China before either of us was born. I have even heard he was tortured there. Did something to his eyes. The light pains him now, wears tinted spectacles. Sees through a glass darkly. Murderous temper on him. Jean-Baptiste nods, and glancing at the red of the other's hair, says, It was you who lived at the Monard's house? The Monard? And how would you, monsieur, know about such a thing? They still speak of you. You are there now? The little room above the cemetery? Yes. You are lodging there? Yes. Well, well. Ha! I'd say it was cold up there now. It is. A word of advice. When you lie in bed, look up at the ceiling. You will notice a small— Oh, oh, careful, my friend. You are unwell? It occurs to Jean-Baptiste, listening to the drumming of his heart— that since coming inside the church he has been trying not to breathe. He allows the organist to guide him to the organ bench, hears him, as though from the far side of a wall, say how he too, in the beginning, was similarly affected, how he could only enter the church with a cloth soaked in cologne pressed to his face. I marvelled anyone could live within a half-day's ride of the place. And yet, you see, they do, numerous as bees. You get used to it. Try to breathe through your mouth. The taste is easier to support than the smell. I am supposed to find Manetti, says Jean-Baptiste. The grave-digger? You really are up to something. But don't worry, Manetti is the easiest man to find in Paris. Let's get you into the air. You can buy us both a glass of something restorative. A leaning, there is really no help for it, on the organist's arm, Jean-Baptiste returns to the door in the north wall. Not that he can blame the church entirely. It was a disturbed night, the whole house restless, as though a gale was blowing, though none was. He imagined he heard more scratching at the door, even at some unearthly hour scratching on the window. And then, in the early morning, La Fosse standing in the Monard's drawing-room with the keys of Les Innocents in his hand. No comfort to be found in that face. When they are out in the street, and the church door is closed and locked, and Jean-Baptiste can trust his own feet again, his own strength, they turn left towards the Rue de la Lingerie, then right towards the market. Every ten paces or so, the organist is greeted by someone, usually a woman. 
At each encounter, their eyes flicker over the young man beside him, the new companion. Over there, says the organist, waving an arm, you can eat well and cheaply. There, on the corner, they'll mend your clothes without stealing them. And that's Godet's place. Gives a good shave, knows everyone. And here, here is the Rue de la Fromagerie, where you come when you need to breathe in something other than the perfume of graves. Go ahead, fill your lungs. They have entered one end of a curious clogged vein of a street, more alley than street, more gutter than alley. The top stories of the buildings tilt towards each other, just a narrow line of white sky between them. On both sides of the street, every second house is a shop, and every shop sells cheese. Sometimes eggs, sometimes milk and butter, but always cheese. Cheese in the windows, cheese laid out on tables and handcarts, cheese piled on straw, cheese hanging on strings or floating in tubs of brown.